Hello and welcome to the Unshakable Fit Podcast. This is where we go in-depth on fitness and health conversations, helping you achieve success in every area of your life. Now, before we get into today's podcast, if you would follow or subscribe, depending on the platform that you are consuming this on, but only if you get value out of this podcast. With that, let's get into today's content. Hello, everybody. In today's episode, we go over client wins. I have a few clients that I really want to highlight and a few things on my online clients that might surprise you. Uh, I got a new weightlifting belt in. I talk about that and the differences between lifting with a weight belt or weightlifting belt and not with a weightlifting belt. And uh, today I just got off the phone with AT&T's customer service. Um, You want to practice patience? Just get on their customer service. Uh, I also talk about momentum in your daily tasks. So if you have a hard time, you know, just getting going in the day or finding the motivation to do things or just that drive, sometimes those little tasks that can build and like build up like a snowball effect into momentum can really help propel you to get some things done that you don't really want to do. And then also talking about Something that I experience is just getting out and about for your mental health, like especially if you work from home. So I've been working from home for a couple of years now, actually. That's crazy to actually say that out loud. Super weird. But it, it, it's been weird for me, which I'll get into it because it's like it, it's a special case for me because I'm, ta- I'm you know, I see people every day. But at the same time, it's like I, I never leave. But anyways, it's, it, it's like a I'll get into it. It's, it's weird, but. It's, it's, yeah. And then I talk about just what I did over the weekend, just like the benefits of doing stuff like that, once again, for your mental health. And then we get into the fitness topics. The first one we talk about is the benefits of phasing your training. So I've talked about phasing your training and why it can be good for you. But I also like in terms of like switching up a different stimulus, but I want to get a little bit deeper into why we do that like what what should you be feeling in those different phases uh what happens actually to your body in those different phases because there's there's several or there's two different types of hypertrophy of muscle building uh that contribute to what you're doing in the gym and so i want to talk about that and once again the different phases why we do it and then also too i want to talk about the benefits of using the same exercises for an extended period of time, because we've we've been taught a lot that it's all about muscle confusion and shocking your body and all this other stuff, right? But there is benefit to sticking with exercises for the skill of it, which we'll, we'll get into that. Uh, and then I also talk about, well, if we're talking about exercises, let's talk about eating too. If we're talking about everything, like if we're going, if we're if we're doing everything the same, right? Or sticking with something for a long period of time. Eating is another thing as well. Like I'll talk about my eating and the benefits of eating a regimented diet or eating a regimented meals like every day, Uh, the pros and cons to that. And then also to a little bit of eating strategies like high protein breakfasts. Like why is that good? How can that help you burn fat and build muscle? Uh, Why is eating enough carbs good for you, especially for building muscle and burning fat? Uh, And then also talk about when you're just starting out, if you're trying to figure out what you need to be focusing on for your eating, 
there's two different there's two things that you need to be focusing on starting out and then everything else you can start to place uh, but I just had this conversation with one of my new online clients of how we are starting and then where we'll, how we'll progress through that. And so, yeah, that's kind of the rundown. So let's get into it. Client wins. So my first one I want to highlight, uh, Mark, I've highlighted, I think I highlighted him before and I just want to highlight him again for his squat form. His squat form is impeccable now. Like we have gotten so far into it so he's a taller man i think he's like six four six five taller man if you are a taller man or a taller woman you know that squatting can actually be pretty difficult because of how long your limbs are it can be it can be difficult it's it's a long range of motion and so that can be it's it's just hard the mechanics are hard your feet placement can be hard you have to have good mobility and strength for that that movement because once again it's a long range of motion, a long way down man long way down and so we had, uh, we've been building him up. And now, granted, this man is, I believe he is, I believe he's 60. This man is 60 years old. I've been working on and off for him, I think, for the past two or three years now. And we are, we've finally now gotten to a good place to where he is squatting great. Like most people, especially taller people, what they'll do is, is they will bend over too far whenever they're squatting down because they're simulating depth right so it's like get down there get squat down well what they'll do is is they'll get down like their legs will squat down a little bit but then they'll just bend over because then that's simulating i'm getting deeper but really in reality like their knees are staying in the same place their hips are staying in the same place they're just bending their torso over and so we've really been working on that and different cues that work for him because a lot of people whenever you cue them like you can either break from the hips or the knees first or at the same time right you're ideally you're supposed to be breaking at your knees and at your hips at the same time when you go down into a squat, but for him to teach him proper, because he, he would just immediately break at the hips and then he would bend over too much. So what I told him is break at the knees first. And then once you feel your knees, like your heels start to come off because your ankle mobility is done, that's when then you sit into the squat. And then once he started feeling that, he was able to actually use his ankle mobility. His knees were coming forward as they should. And then he was able to sit into the squat properly with more of an upright position. And so from there, we've been able to really focus on proper squat mechanics, where he should be feeling it. Now we can actually load him with that squat form. And so I just wanted to highlight that because he's come such a long way and his squats are looking so much better. So it's just good job, Mark. Uh, the next one is Carolyn. She has been doing fantastic with her her form and her muscle gains. Like she has gotten so much stronger uh, just from the little bit we've been working together. Uh, her form has gotten so much better. Like we're actually getting really like deep squats now with weight. Like when, when I first met her and we were doing our assessments, body weight squats not even at parallel were difficult for her. Now she can squat below parallel with weight. So just awesome job, especially with the upper body too. Like her presses have gotten so much better. Like her, her working weight now is the top set that she normally would do like at the very last set. Like she would do like 15s on each side for an incline dumbbell press. That used to be her top set. Uh, like on the third set, we're going for like six or eight reps. Like that used to be it. Now she can bump those out for like three sets of 10. Like phenomenal like her her stability is so much better her strength is so much better she's doing fantastic uh and then my online clients now i wanted to talk about this 
because this is a win too. But I wanted to talk about this because uh, I think a lot of people sometimes can be confused, like especially if you're working with a coach, they will increase your calories usually, especially if you've been under eating because, or, or if you haven't really been working out at all, because you will need more calories when you work out more. You just will. And so with uh, one of them, I just bumped her up 2,500 calories because we, we've been talking about it. She was at 23. Because I I think I started her at two, 2,000 or 2,100. And then for a week, and then she was like, we were talking about it at the end of the week. And she's like, I'm just really hungry. I was like, okay, well, then bump it up. We're going to 23. And so she'd been on 23 for, I think, two weeks now, a week or two, two weeks. And her weight still is the same, which is fantastic. Her Her moves are feeling better. And, but her weight's the same. So that's really good. And so like I told her, I was like, honestly, I'm trying to find what is too much food for you. Because when we can find that barrier, that's when we know where her top is so that we can kind of play it around like with, when we're cutting and where her maintenance is and all that stuff. Because once we find that top calorie, now we know basically kind of where everything else is. And so I bumped her to 25 and we're going to see how that is. We're going to see how her weight is. We're going to see how her performance in the gym is. We're just going to see how her quality of life is at 25 and then we'll go from there. So that's huge. That's awesome. And then uh, my next one, we just started recently. She has definitely been under eating uh, during the week. I don't Her weekends are a little bit higher, but now that we're ramping up her, her, her activity, I told her, I was like, I'm going to give you calories. And she thought I was joking at first. I was like, no, 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 you're going to be eating more. And I just gave her 2000. So she's going to be hitting 2000 calories. And I'm really excited to see where that goes in the next three weeks. Because usually the week, the first week, you might gain a little weight because your body's like, whoa, this is a lot more food than I normally am used to. But then the, the two week to three week mark is if you're exercising regularly, right? And you're getting your steps in and all that stuff, your strength training is going in there you will then see your body start adjusting to it. You're gonna start seeing your muscles actually respond. And then your weight actually is gonna either regulate or it might even go up because you're increasing or it might even go down. It kind of depends on who you are and where you're at. But uh, this is exciting. I love this. I love seeing people eat more food, feel better and not feel so restricted. So anyways, that was that one that. Now, I wanna talk about what just happened to me today. Now, I, I I like to think of myself as a patient person. I really do. I I try to be really nice, especially when I'm doing customer service. Like when I am on a customer service line or I'm talking to like a customer service rep because I know it's not them and all this stuff, right? But let me tell you. So I switched over to AT&T recently. And I wanted the new iPhone, right? They told me that it would take six months to get in. Six months, six months. So I was like, okay, all right, all right, we'll do it. Put in the order for the phone. And so I'm just using my current phone now until that phone gets in. But people are telling me, they're like, dude, just go to the Apple store. They have phones. I was like, oh, you're right. I didn't think about that. So I called the Apple store today to see if they have it in. And they were just like, actually, we don't have them in. And But I asked, I was like, well, if I order them, how long is it going to take it? They're like, oh, minimum two weeks, but maximum like four weeks. I was like, done. Like, okay. So I was like, well, let me call AT&T to cancel the phone so that, you know, they're, they don't just get in a phone. And then I'm just like, no, I'm not going to use it. And so I, I called the store first, told her that. And she just goes like, okay, well, let me just transfer you to them. So then I just go to the actual AT&T because next time I'm just going to go into the store. So they have to deal with me anyways. But yeah, then they transfer me, transfer me to the actual customer service like department. 
And so I get this first guy and I tell him my situation and everything. He asks me all the questions. He opens up my, 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 my account, all this stuff. And then he just looks, he just kind of goes, okay, well then I'm going to send you to this person because that's where they handle it. Sends me to another guy. I tell him everything. And then he just, he, he very quickly, he goes, oh, well I'm internet. So that's not, I can't do that. I'm like, okay. So then he sends me to another person, right? Tell her my situation. Nothing. Uh, she transfers me to another, by the way, no one tells me that they're transferring me. Maybe two people did anyways, transfer me to another person. I, I, by this time, I, I am still pretty nice with my tone. At least I, I think I am. I'm not trying. I, I'm, I don't raise my voice or anything. I don't, I, I don't do that. But at the very end of it, I'm on my fifth person, technically six, if you count the person in the store. And she's asking me the same exact questions and everything. And at the time, too, they were asking me like, hey, is this like an upgrade or is this just a transfer of things? I'm like, I don't know if it's technically. I just told her, I said, I don't know if y'all like, if y'all are saying this is an upgrade or not. I This is just a new phone for me, like with the service, right? Like I didn't get my current phone with y'all. So in my head, I'm like, I, I mean, technically it's an upgrade for me, but I don't know if your system looks at it that way, right? If it just looks at it as a new phone or if it's a, a, an upgraded phone. I don't know what your system does, right? But as soon as I said that, that's when she kind of got an attitude with me. So then I realized, oh, my tone probably is not the best right now. And I'm trying not to. But at this point, like it's been 30 minutes. I've been transferred to five or six different people. I thought this was going to be very easy. I'm just trying to cancel an order, right? Like it should, you should just be able to look on my account and see if I have an order or not, right? Like I, in my head, I'm like, this should be very simple. I guess it's not. So... For, let me just say this for that last girl that I got. I'm sorry if I was irritated. And to be fair, after that, after she gave me attitude, I realized I was like, okay, my tone probably isn't that good. I'm coming off bad. I tried to then apologize, but then she cut me off. And I was like, okay, well, now you're not getting an apology. <laughs> I tried. I tried to apologize. But you cut me off and I was trying to apologize to you and just be like, like, try to clear the air, right? But no, she didn't. So I was like, okay, all right, fine. We're just going to be in this state of not liking each other. But anyways, but the whole time I wasn't, I didn't like raise my voice or anything, but let's just say I was very monotone because at this point, like I was done. And so we're just going through the motions, whatever. And at the very end of it, she just goes, I don't see anything on your account. I don't see an order. And I just go, are you serious? Like you don't see an order? So this whole time could have been avoided and the person at the AT&T store when I signed up didn't put the order in. So uh, that was very frustrating for me today and a whole lot of wasting my time and their time. And I probably made someone's day worse because I probably pissed them off, which once again, I'm sorry. I tried to apologize. I'm sorry. Uh, but you could tell she was very annoyed with me. And so, uh, anyways, but I just, I'm sorry. I didn't, I didn't mean to come across that way. I was actually really trying to keep my cool, but I think how I came across was just done and not emotional. Like I had no, I was very monotone in my tone. Um, I, I didn't think I was being that mean, but I guess I was, believe me, I can be a lot meaner, but I was not mean. I, I, what? Well, <laughs> Anyways, if you want to practice patience, go to an ATT customer service. I, it's so funny. Like, I've seen memes about ATT customer service, and I've only had internet through them. And so, the internet service is really easy to do, I guess. 
But I'll tell you what, man, when you get to phone stuff, they, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why it's so difficult. I don't understand. So I get it now. I get the memes. I understand the memes. I really wish I didn't understand the memes, but I understand the memes now. So once again, to that girl, I'm sorry if I uh, pissed you off or made you feel a certain way. That's my bad. <gasps> Anyways, now that that is off my chest, because she'll, cause she'll listen to my podcast, right? Yeah. Uh, anyway, so lifting belt. So I got a new weightlifting belt in. Now I, I made a post about this. I, uh, I, I mean, I've tried the weightlifting belts. I've lifted with them before, but I have not lifted with them consistently. And the reason why is because when you are in a real life situation, if you're squatting down to pick something up, or you're dead, bending over to pick something up or whatever, right? Bracing, you are bracing without a belt. Like, are you just going to put like, oh, hold on, hold on. Let me go to my car real quick. I got my weightlifting belt. Like, you're going to go to Home Depot, right? But you're going to put your weightlifting belt on or something like that? Like, I doubt it. I doubt that's going to happen. And so, yeah. So, uh, for the past five years, I have trained without it specifically for that reason because I wanted to learn how to brace my core without a weightlifting belt, right? Because when you are using a weightlifting belt, you are giving your, your core, your body, something to brace up against. So the recruitment pattern is different. So whenever you brace your core, instead of kind of internalizing it without a belt, you are pushing it against the belt. So you're actually pushing your stomach out against the belt to give it something to like basically hug onto, right? So to brace with. Because if you don't have the belt, it's more of an internal like you have to kind of, you're not sucking in your stomach, but it's more of an internal tightness. You're not pushing out against, against the belt because there's nothing to push out against. So that's the differences between like without a belt and with a belt is how your the recruitment pattern with your core bracing inwards versus bracing outwards kind of thing. I mean, you're still kind of pushing out a little bit without the belt, but it's, it's just different. You're not like, it's just different. You, you got it. You got to experience it to really understand the difference or how it feels. So I've been using that the past couple of days. It's been good. Deadlifting actually has been fantastic. The squats are a little bit different because I get pretty far down in my squats. So when you're when you're when you're squatting that low, the belt can feel a little weird at times. But I might actually have to make it tighter, which I don't really want to make it tighter because man, that's going to restrict my breathing as much. But I think I just have to learn how to recruit it better, like push out against it. Because I'm learning, right? Because as you go down to the bottom of the squat, you got to keep that pressure against the belt. You can't you can't release the pressure or anything. But I think it's me just learning the difference, different recruitment patterns. That's why I'm doing it. I want to learn how to use the belt uh, in those in those moments. So because whenever I get to the bottom of the squat, I can tell that my tendency is to go back to the regular bracing. But I can't. I have to. I have to keep that stomach pushed against the belt. So it's been uh, so far. It's been pretty good. I will say I can lift a little bit more, which you should be able to with the belt. And so because of that. I am sore. I'm very sore. Yesterday and today, I'm very sore. Uh, so, my man, my energy levels have been going up and down throughout the day because, man, I am sore. Those mornings, man, yesterday morning and this morning have been, have been hard to get up. But anyways, uh, it's been good. I've been very much enjoying it. Uh, if you haven't, it, it, well, I wouldn't suggest starting with a belt because, once again, I think you need to learn how to brace without a belt first and get good at that. And then uh, once you get good at that and you start getting pretty heavy weight, I think that's when you can start uh, putting a belt into your routine to learn how to use that and, and brace with that because it's just a tool, right? So uh, anyways, weightlifting belts, they're fun. You can use them. You can lift a little bit more with them. But first, 
learn how to brace without one. Uh, next one, this one has been a learning thing for me because I think it's going to be different for everybody. But I've been hearing this all growing up because there's like this Navy SEAL guy that wrote a book about how you should make your bed every day because it leads to more things. And it's so funny because like as I've gotten older, more and more I have seen why like grownups, adults, like my parents and people of that age, why they tell you certain things, right? Like I am a person that if you tell me something, you got to explain why. I am such a, I don't know why I'm like that, but I am. Because I have to make sense in my head about like, okay, I can see that now. Uh, I'm trying to get better at that, honestly, because uh, I have to really trust you first for me to do what you say without me knowing why. I only have a few people in my life that I'll do that with. Um, but other than that, I usually have to have an explanation. Like growing up, man, I was so hard-headed with that. And that's honestly why I hated working for people was because of that. Cause they would always just give me these things to do or tell me to do things a certain way. And I would just be like, well, why? And they'd just be like, well, because it's just the way we do it. What? It's just like your parents telling you like, don't do that. Why? It's cause I said so. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. So it's so annoying. I hate that. I hate that. So that's why like, <laughs> I, I, that's why I, I will never go back. I will never go back. I will always work for myself from now on. Like, Screw that. Anyways, momentum in your daily tasks. So I think this can be different for everybody. I think making your bed obviously is an easy one that people can do. But I think depending on your schedule, it can be different for everybody. But like for me, like getting up in the morning, especially if I don't have any clients in the morning, uh, can be challenging to get started sometimes. So what like like this morning, I didn't have, well, I, I had a morning client, but I didn't have my early morning client. And so when I'm getting up, sometimes it's hard to kind of really get going and waking up. So I was like, you know what? I need to take out the trash. I need to do the dishes and all that stuff. So that's what I started doing. And by that time, like, you're just like, okay, well, what else do I need to do? You know? So sometimes, like, I see that on Facebook all the time. Like, within these, some of these groups, it's just like, how do y'all find momentum? Like, or motivation? How do, you, how do you get out of these slumps and stuff like that? And people just think there, there might just be this magic formula that can be easy and it's not going to be challenging. It's going to be challenging. Like, you're not going to want to do it. But once you do it, it's like working out. You're not always going to want to work out. But once you get into it and you start working out, you start to get into it. Then you're like, okay, like like 10 or 15 minutes into the workout, that's when you're really like, all right, like I can feel this now. This feels good. Like let's let's keep going. Let's get this. So it's, it's almost the same thing with your daily tasks through the day, like your responsibilities throughout the day. You might not feel like you want to do it right then and there, but then once you start doing it, that's when you start to get into it and you're like, all right, this is feeling good. Like you start getting wins under your belt. You start getting that release of dopamine and or serotonin, whatever it is. And then you just start like feeling good and you're like, all right, what's the next task? What's the next task? Like you just start going and going. Now, I, I mean, I think that's one of the key things that's has actually really helped me with my productivity throughout the day is just finding what are those little things that I can do that give me that rush, that feeling of accomplishment. But then also too, like you also have to balance that with rewards. Like I've also talked about this too, where like I'll make coffee for myself to be like, all right, Jesse, if you make yourself coffee right now, you got to sit down and go do this. So there's like a mixture of different ways that you can help motivate yourself or put yourself in a good headspace to go do something. Um, so I just, I was experiencing that this morning and I thought that was something I could share that might help you like just start something, start with something small. It could be making your bed. I mean, it could be just making yourself breakfast. Could be just doing the dishes. Could be just taking out the trash. Could be just little things like that. Get yourself little wins to then build and then build and build until you're like ready to take on a bigger task, right? So anyways, take that 
hopefully that helps. Uh, the next one that I experienced too is during the, like, this one has been weird for me because I've been working from home for a while and it's been, it's been weird because a lot of people, when they just say they work from home, it's mainly like on their computer or whatever, and they might see people through Zoom calls, but then that's about it, right? And so their, their um, feeling of being, well, locked up or not leaving home will probably hit them a lot sooner, right? And a lot more upfront, and they're like, I just need to get out, right? Well, mine, because I see clients every single day and I converse with people and all this stuff, it, it's been like a slow build for me because probably in the past six months, I finally realized like my mental health has been suffering because of that, because I don't get out all the time. Uh, I'm at home all day. Um, I only leave to go to the gym really like during the week. And so that's when I started like I need to start like planning hobbies or things for myself to do on the weekend so that I get out like I was actually looking forward to going to the AT&T store to do things because I'm like I get to get out and talk to people <laughs> be around people and so I think uh, like for me that was such a weird thing because once again it was like a slow build because I talk to people all the day or all, all day all the time I see people so it's not like I don't get social like I don't get I don't get FaceTime with people but it's just it's different and so that for me, like if you're not doing that, I highly suggest that if you've been in a rut or feeling down or feeling low or something like that, you might not even think of yourself as an extrovert or anything like that. Cause I don't, I don't really consider myself. I'm like a introverted extrovert. That's how I view myself. Um, but now like this has got me thinking like, am I actually an extrovert? Because now when I go out and stuff like that, I feel better. Like I feel more, more alive. But so then I like, I was driving back one day and I was thinking to myself, I'm like, am I an extrovert now? Like, am I actually getting energy and recharging by being out with people and all that? I'm like, that's crazy. That just blew my mind. Uh, but it could be a little bit of that, but also too, I think it's also the fact that I don't really get out a whole, whole lot during the week and everything. So that's why I have to prioritize that during the weekend because it does, it makes me feel like I'm getting out and everything. So like this past weekend, I was like, you know what? I need to get my car. Um, uh, I, cause I go to this Midas and I need, I was like, I need to get my car registration done and, and I need to get an oil change. And I completely forgot that Midas is closed on Sundays. So, uh, that didn't happen. But, uh, because of that, I was like, you know what? I like, normally I would have just been like, okay, let's just go back inside and figure out what I need to do that day. But I was like, no, 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 Jesse, you need to get out. You need to go do something. And so I was like, all right, well, let's just go to Target. <laughs> so I went to Target and uh, I just went around. I was walking around just seeing what I, you know, what was in Target, just being around people, being out, doing things. Uh, I did need a hoodie, so I bought a hoodie there. And I was actually looking at bedspreads. I'm so bad at that kind of stuff. I didn't buy a bedspread because I just couldn't decide. I don't know what's going to look good. I just need to buy one. I, I need like a new comforter and sheets and all that stuff. And I just need to just do it. Uh, but my plan is, this is my plan. My plan is, I'm just going to wait for like someone to walk by that I might be like, okay, they, they might know what they're talking about and just like pick their brain. Like, Hey, so I'm looking at these bedspreads. I'm not any good at this. So, uh, can you help me out here? Like what, uh, would you, like, what do you think looks good? Like, uh, look at me. What do you think I like? You know, <laughs> I mean, I don't know because I'm not any good at that stuff. But anyways, 
so yeah, I did that. And then right after that, then I went to the golfing range, which is once again, why I started golfing or just going to the golfing range was just to get out, get some sun, get out there uh, and just be right. And that's another reason why I've been hiking with my parents recently and all that stuff is just, just to get out, just to go out and do something and just be, be in nature, all that. It's been great. And so, uh, yeah, that, that's what I did. I, I, once again, I, if you're working from home and you're not already doing that and you feel like you're slipping, like with your mental health or whatever, and you don't understand why maybe you're, you're in these ruts or you go up and down with your energy levels or your mental health, or whatever, I would start prioritizing something to get out and do, even if it's that just like going to target or just going to Starbucks and sitting for a little bit, just being around people, even if you're not talking to them. It's just different. I don't, I don't know how to explain it, but like humans, we are social creatures. Like that's been proven, you know, like in prisons and stuff like that, when they're like isolated, they go crazy. Like we need some sort of social interaction and being around different human beings. So anyways, food for thought. Um, that's been a huge thing for me. But anyways, all right. So let's get into the actual um, fitness stuff, shall we? Um, now I want to talk about the benefits of phase of phasing your training. And I've talked about like hypertrophy and strength training and how the different stimuluses can help with different benefits or different, um, um, well, yeah, different benefits, like getting strength, building muscle, burning fat, and giving your body something different to adapt to. Right. And I wanted to talk about like, how you are going to feel during these um and also to what's happening with your body during these phases right so usually whenever you're doing like we'll phase like the two major phases are hypertrophy training which is usually in the 8 to 12 rep range and then strength training which is basically i don't suggest doing one reps but the strength training is like between one and five right so those, those are like the two phases that we'll go through. And then I have an intensity phase that I like to put my clients through depending on the time of year and what their goal is and all that. Because intensity phase is when we really ramp up the volume, the intensity, and really kind of helps tighten and sharpen your body. So like this is like something you can do like right before summer if you're really trying to get summer ready, you know, get those abs popping. Um, that can really help kind of help just like siphon off that little fat or whatever. So, uh, but anyways, so those two types of training are going to be the two major ones that like I'll go through. Like I, I haven't done an intensity phase in a little bit. I need to do that, but I mean, pff, come on, we're going into winter. It's like the holidays right now. I ain't doing that, but I just started my strength training because I mean, I got a new weightlifting belt. I got to try that out. You know what I'm saying? Like, come on. And so, yeah, I just started my strength training, but the biggest difference is like when I feel like I feel during a hypertrophy phase is you just get a more, you swell more in a hypertrophy phase because you, there's, okay, so there's two different types of hypertrophy, which hypertrophy is muscle building. There's myofibular and myofibular hypertrophy, and then there's sarcoplasmic hypertrophy, which sarcoplasmic hypertrophy is what happens when you are in the 8 to 12 rep range. That is when your muscle cells are swelling, like your muscle bellies are swelling, like everything is swelling, you're swelling yourself. And so that gives you more of a rounder and fuller look. Okay, so that actually makes the muscles like you, you, you notice your muscles bigger, like getting bigger in that phase. And so usually how I feel during that phase is I just feel a little bit fuller throughout my day. Um, but the thing with, with the, 
Hypertrophy, I've, I've done hypertrophy training for so long that it's just that feeling is so natural to me because that, that's what I used to do all the time. You know, like back in the day, it's all about getting bigger, right? So you're always doing the 8 to 12 rep range. You're always trying to get bigger, swell the muscle, get the pump, blah, 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 blah. And so I've done that for so long. So that feeling to me is just second nature. But it's, it's, it's just more of a, you just feel a little bit fuller throughout the day. And your joints don't feel as bad, honestly, because there's just not as much weight on you. Um, but I'll tell you what, the burn during the workouts is so much worse. Uh, you're, you really notice if you have endurance in your muscles or not, because try to do 12 reps of squats or 12 reps of deadlifts. That's cardio. Good luck with that. That, that, that'll, that'll, that'll really test if you have mental strength or not. If you're really, if you're really in this to win it, how serious are you? But those, th that right there. Yeah. But, uh, so the higher reps just once again, swell your muscles. They can build you like make you fuller looking. Now that my fibular hypertrophy is what happens when you're in the strength phase, like the one to five rep range. This is when your actual muscle fibers get bigger. So you are, you are allowing your muscle fibers to get bigger. You're not swelling your muscles. You're actually making your little muscle fibers bigger, thicker. So you, can you gain size from strength training? Yes, you can. But it, it, is, it is at a slower rate than if you were in the, hypertro or the sarcoplasmic hypertrophy training. Now, here's the thing, though. Strength training is so much fun. But if you are doing it correctly with like the, the, the intensity that you need to, it can start wearing on your joints pretty fast. Because like that's when I know usually I need to like switch back. Usually at the four to five week mark, if I'm really pushing, that's when like my joints start talking to me. Um, and then that's when I know, okay, I should probably start kind of backing off or do a deload or something like that. But that's when you usually want to switch back to uh, the hypertrophy phase, the eight to 12 rep range phase. Um, but I just want to talk about the feeling of it. The feeling of a strength phase is so good. Because you feel just solid when you're walking around. Like, you feel solid. Like, right now, man. Like, right now, sitting in this chair, I just feel solid. Like, you're walking around. You, just, you feel just put together well. That's, that's probably the, the biggest thing that I really enjoy about a strength phase is just how it makes you feel. You feel just so solid. I love it. It's, it's a fantastic feeling. Uh, but then, of course, it's also cool just to see your weight going up, like your strength, like you, your weights going up, especially if you like if you compare them to your last strength phase. It's so cool because usually what happens is my clients will ask me this, like whenever we switch back from or like we go from a strength phase to a hypertrophy phase back to, to strength phase. When they start the hypertrophy phase, they'll always ask me like, hey, am I going to lose my strength from, you know, like when I go back to the strength phase? And I always tell them, I was like, well, if we do everything correctly, no. And it's so cool to see, like, whenever we start the strength phase again, we usually pick up where we left off. That first week might be like a little kind of an introduction, but then that second week, usually they're right back to where they were, where they left off, like on their top set uh, on their previous strength phase. So that's like for me, for example, like today, like yesterday when I was deadlifting, today when I was squatting, uh, well, first of all, I deadlifted more than I ever have yesterday. And then when I was squatting today, like my top sets were like 315. Like my last set was like 315 for like, you know, three. Well, now I did three out of my four sets at 315 at five and four reps. So right there, I was like, I already improved right there. But it's so cool to see that, right? 
But once again, the feeling of strength phase is just so great. I just love it. You just feel so solid. Now, you're not necessarily like walking around fuller, but you just feel solid. You just feel denser. Like the old bodybuilders used to always talk about that where they would have strength phases. Now, they pri they, they primarily were into the higher rep range because once again, their goal was to just get big and look good and, and all that, right? But they would have strength phases in there because they would say that it would give you a more harder and grannier look. And that's because of the muscle density, because you are building your muscle fibers instead of just swelling the muscles. So you you would have a denser look to you. And so that's why I think there's a good benefit to going back and forth between that because they also build off of each other. You know, if you really get into the strength phase and you start to, to learn how to just push harder, you're getting denser muscles and you're just getting stronger. Well, then at that point, whenever you go back to your hypertrophy training, you might be able to lift a little bit more and like build that strength endurance in there, which then in turn is going to help build more muscle, which then in turn is going to help build more fat or uh, burn fat. Like it's just going to be, it all builds off of each other. So that's one of the, like the biggest things about phasing. And plus to the mental, that that's a cool thing too, is like your mentality changes whenever you go into these different phases. Because when I go into the gym and I'm at a higher rep range, my mentality is not to just completely kill it. Like I'm not going in there with really a killer instinct. My mentality is like lasting because of how many reps I have to do. So it's just, it's a different feeling. But then whenever you go in there, like with a strength phase, man, you just go in there with like a killer instinct because you only have to perform for like a top, top, like six reps. Right. And so you just get to go in there and just lift with all of your might. Like talk about a de-stressor, man. You go in there and just kill it. So that, that I, lo I love that mindset about the strength phase too, is you just go in there and you just, oh, it's just so much fun. You just get a rip weight off the ground. Anyways, everybody needs to feel that. <laughs> everybody needs to feel that feeling. Uh, okay, and then, yeah, so we got that. Now, then the next thing I want to talk about too is the benefits of doing the same exercises for an extended amount of time. Once again, it goes back to we are in the school of thought of... What is it? Muscle confusion. That's what they say. Switching up the muscles, shocking your body, muscle confusion. It's going to keep your body guessing. So it's going to build more muscle, blah, blah, blah. Now, obviously there is truth to that, which we go back to why we phase our training, but you have to give your body something to adapt to. Uh, especially if you think of, of, of uh, movements as a skill, because they are like doing a movement is a skill. Doing a deadlift is a skill. Squatting is a skill. Bench pressing is a skill. It's all a skill. And the better you get at the skill, the better that you're able to utilize the muscles that are being taught or that, that are being used. Uh, like, well, I'll talk about this with my clients is that mind to muscle connection, right? Like, what are you like? How are you? What are you feeling during this movement? What are you thinking about? What muscles are you engaging? Where, you know, all this stuff, like you really got to think about what muscles you're using. And the better that you get at a movement the better that you'll be able to connect to that muscle because you're using it in the same pattern in the same way and you are developing that skill, you're developing that muscle pattern so that you, you can connect to it better. And so that's one of the biggest things about doing the same movement over and over again, now, obviously not for a long, long time, but for at least like four to five weeks, like develop that skill, let your body get get good at it because once you get good at it that's once again where you can get better at that mind to muscle connection which the better your mind to muscle connection is the better you're able to utilize that muscle during movements so then you're going to build more muscle 
you're going to burn more fat. You're going to look better, feel better, perform better. Everything is just going to get better the better that you have that mind-to-muscle connection. Injury is lower. Everything's, everything's better. And so that's one of the biggest benefits of doing the same movement over and over again is that right there, is developing that skill. Because you got to treat movements and exercises as a skill. And then doing the same thing, let's just talk about eating, for example. Like some people think it is boring. And I've had this discussion with some of my clients. To eat the same thing every day. And I will say it does get boring, but you have to learn where your boundary is at. Like for me, my breakfast and lunch is the same thing every single day. Now, sometimes my lunch is a little bit different for my carb because either maybe I'm lazy and I don't want to make the rice that day or I just decided to have a different carb that that day. Sometimes that happens. But my dinner is where I get my variation. My dinner usually kind of changes sometimes. Like my carb might look a little different. My protein source might be rotating because I'll go like some red meats for dinner sometimes, uh, chicken sometimes, and then every week I have a steak for myself. It's my little treat. I like a steak, all right? And so that's where my variation comes into play. But I remember talking with one of my clients and we were, we were talking about, she, she, or she was saying about how she thought if she was eating the same thing every day that she would get bored of it and it just wouldn't be fun anymore. But she looks at me, she goes, it makes it easy though. It actually takes the stress off of trying to find something to eat every day, trying to plug it into my fitness pal, tracking my food, like understanding how many calories are in this meal that day. Because you know, you already know. And so like we, we ritualize everything else in our life. So why is food any different? Now I understand you got to have variation, which I agree you do. But what I would say is a good strategy is have two or three breakfasts that you go to two or three lunches or two or three dinners or dinner might be just something you can have that can be a surprise for you. Like that's how it is for me because now I actually have time to cook it. I don't have to worry about like eating it or cooking it in a certain time frame or packing it, right? Like that's a thing. And so that's why I think uh, lunches, uh, breakfast and lunch are the two meals I think you should have some sort of ritual around or some sort of consistency around because it can make your life a lot easier because it takes the guesswork of how many calories am I having that day? How many proteins, carbs, fats am I having that day? Because you can already, you can already know. And it's something you can easily do because the better you get at cooking something, right? Like if you cook chicken every weekend, you're probably going to get pretty good at it and time efficient at it. So that once again, it's like developing a skill. Uh, You just get better at it. It takes less time. And so it's all about finding, I think, finding what you can do for a long extended time for, well, yeah, finding what you can tolerate for a long extended time with your meals and your eating, which can help, well, create less stress in your life, uh, actually work more towards your goals. And it's just freeing that way. It just is. It's just so much simpler. And then, uh, so also too, I wanted to get into... Well, we're talking about eating a little bit. Well, what's kind of a good, what are good things to kind of learn with that, right? I think one of the biggest things that I was listening to a podcast, I think it was the Huberman show, and he was talking about how they've shown that if you have a high, high protein breakfast, you have a better chance of, well, burning fat, you have better chances of making better decisions. And that I think has to do with, you're getting a good dose of amino acids and protein in the, uh, in the morning 
but also too, it's very satiating. So protein helps satiate you for the day. So maybe your mid-morning stack, you're not going to be having these cravings. You might make better decisions for lunch, which then in turn is going to lead to better decisions for dinner, all that stuff, uh, which will once again, burn fat, build muscle. It's just better for your overall goals. And so I've been trying to do that for the past month or so. And I've been, I have been liking it a lot. Now I, I eat a lot already. And so has it been helping me with my appetite? No, cause I already eat a lot. I do. I don't have a lot of appetite because I eat so much freaking food. And so, uh, but when I'm, when I go back on my cutting, I'm definitely going to see how that does with my hunger levels or my satiating levels and all that stuff. Another thing I want to talk about is carbs. Like, are you eating enough carbs? Like that's a big thing too, because carbs have been demonized for a long time. It's gotten a lot better nowadays. People are understanding more that carbs aren't that bad. I still get people though, that talk about how carbs are bad. They're not bad. Stop saying that no food is technically bad. Well, yes and no, that's, that's a whole another discussion, but anyways, I'm not going to get into that, but carbs are so important for energy levels, for recovering. Like I know in my training, I know if I haven't had a lot uh, enough carbs because a, my joints are going to feel less. I'm going to be more inflamed. Uh, my sleep sucks. Like my energy levels are just all over the place. If I don't have enough carbs, cause I'm not recovering well, I'm not recovering at the rate I should be. So everything's just going to start getting thrown off. And so that's when I know I'm not having enough carbs. I can tell a huge difference when I'm not having enough carbs or not. And then uh, one tip that I'll tell you when you are just starting out with your eating or your fitness journey or something like that, if you're trying to lose weight, one of the biggest tips I can give you to help kind of simplify it is only worry about two numbers, calories and protein. That's it. Like when I first start talking with people, those are the only two numbers I want you to worry about right now. Only I know I just talked about carbs and recovering all that stuff. That comes later though. Because when you're just starting out, that's not going to be a huge priority just yet. Because first, we need to make sure you're getting enough calories in and you're getting enough protein in. Because at that point, then you can start building muscle. You can start recovering better. Your body's getting a consistent amount of protein and calories in. And so you're already going to start feeling better and getting results from that. And then once you get those down, that's when we can start talking about, okay, well, how's the recovery doing? How's everything else going now that we're getting better? You're developing better skills. You're, you're actually getting like more intense with your workouts because you're getting better at them. That's what we can go into. Okay, well, how many carbs are you having now? How many fats are you having now? Like then we can start manipulating those things, you know, and then go into even your phytonutrients. Okay, well, fruits, fruits and vegetables, uh, vitamins, like all that stuff, because that also plays a huge role into how you recover, how you feel during the day and all that good stuff. So, but starting out, easiest thing to do is just worry about your calories and your protein. Get enough calories, get enough protein. Everything else will start to fall in place once you get those down. And then if you're working with a coach, then they'll start coaching you through carbs, fats, vitamins and minerals, phytonutrients, all that stuff. Because everything else can come later. Uh, that, that just helps simplifies it. Yeah, that's probably the biggest tip I'll have for you at the very beginning. Um, and then also that eating thing too. Like have, I, I think have two to three go-to meals for each one, like lunch, uh, breakfast, lunch, and dinner um, that you can just go to that you know are good calories, good proteins, like good macros, uh, because that'll just make everything easier. And of course have just easy snacks that you can have available because you're not always going to be on track. You're not always going to be right on point. And so whenever you have those maybe emotional triggers throughout the day or stress triggers or something that triggers you, 
you won't just go rushing down and get like a muffin at your at your job or a cookie or something like that or or something of that nature. You can have something at your desk or at home that you can grab that's easy, just like a protein bar or almonds or even like a, a cheese stick or something like that. That's not even bad. Uh, you can just something little or just like a little thing of Greek yogurt or something like that. Just a little snack that might help curve it, even with a little bit of sugar in it. Like you can have that, like the Greek yogurt with the strawberries in it or whatever. People be like, oh, it's full of sugar. It's really not that high in sugar. And if that's the worst thing you eat during the day, you're doing pretty good. I'll tell you that right now. You're doing real good if that's the worst thing you have during the day. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's really it. That's all I really wanted to talk about today. I think those are... Uh, I. Th- the training phases, I think, are huge and really good to understand. But then also, too, the the developing a skill for your movements, I think that'll help some people with the who just want to see it right then and there. Developing a skill takes time. Like when you just started your job, were you instantly good at it? I highly doubt it. Like when you just started in college, were you instantly just getting the problems? Were you instantly just good in those classes? Were you instantly just getting A's? Now, some of you might have just... Yeah, you might be just geniuses, but that's in your brain, not your body. (laughs) So you have to learn it. Or even like if you played sports, like were you instantly good at the sport? Well, no, it took you years, I'm sure, to actually get really good at the sport. So why do you think exercise is any different? It's the same thing. You have to develop the skill to see results. That's why like when, when people start with me online, the commitment is minimum three months. You have to at least commit three months to me. because. Within that time frame, we have to learn each other. Like I have to learn your body. I have to learn your calories. I have to learn how your body adapts. I have to learn the intensity. I have to learn your movements. Like we have to, your body has to learn things. It has to adapt. It has to be, it has to develop the skill. It takes time. So anyways, hopefully that helps too with whatever it is that you're struggling with. But yeah. That's really it, guys. Thanks for listening. Uh, one, if, if, if you have any questions or anything, uh, notes or anything on this uh, episode, please reach out to me. You can find me on Instagram at UnshakableFit. You can find me on Facebook at Jesse Milburn. Uh, I also have a Facebook group that I'm trying to build that is really just about, well, it's in the name, Building Legacies Through Fitness. It's building your legacy. And it, start, it can start with fitness because it helps with discipline. It helps with you and your confidence. It can just, it is a great stepping stone to build upon. It helps learn about yourself with patience, with development, with discipline. It's just, there's so many good factors with exercise and, and working out and strength training and all that stuff that can transfer over to every area of your life. And so that's why I'm such a huge advocate of this. I think it's just a, it's just such a monumental thing that can be in your life. I'm just, I'm, I'm super passionate about it, all right? So anyways, building legacies through fitness. That's my Facebook group. But yeah, just shoot me a message. On any of those platforms, if you have questions or even just you want to just talk about something or anything like that, I'd love to converse with you. So anyways, have a good rest of your day. I'll see you in the next one.